Welcome to Asking for a Friend, a Park Springs podcast. I'm Taylor, and each week I'll sit down with a godly mentor figure in my life and ask questions with the hope of receiving practical biblical advice on the crazy things this life has to offer. On behalf of my friends, of course. Thank you for joining. Good morning, everybody. What Hi. is up? Oh, you know, just kicking it in the studio. Oh, yeah. The podcast studio. All day, every day. Um, we're back, and this week we have Jared. Hi. Jared is our most frequent guest on the podcast. I think I just have the least amount of things going on in my life, so I have time. Uh, that's what I'm going with. No, that's not always true. Some topics I prefer to talk with you about them. Well, thank you. One of those topics <laughs> is... Good segue to today. <laughs> thank you, thank you, yes. One of those topics is demons. Mmm, Demons. Um, we talk a lot about spiritual warfare at church, which is something I feel pretty equipped on. You know, I've heard some good Jared messages about that. (laughs) Some good Charlie messages. But a couple weeks ago, I went to a Bible study and the pastor was like saying on stage that he saw, he's seen a demon physically. Like, and, um... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend this is our first time talking about it. Like, when that happened, I went to Jared, and I was like, what the heck? You know, this is crazy. Because that was a new thought to you? Yeah, like, I I have never heard of someone saying that they've seen a demon, like, physically. Um, And, of course, there's, you know, horror movies where they portray it, but I've never heard a Christian person say that they've seen one. So I was just very confused by that. And we had a good talk about it. And yeah, I thought that we could talk about it uh, again. Yeah. So you said you've, you know, heard you had familiarity with, you know, kind of the blanket term we use spiritual warfare. So what, what in your mind was that? Like the guy seeing the demon or what is no prior to that? Like you said, you've heard good messages on spiritual warfare. So what was your like perception of what that meant? Mm, Just like, I thought of it as not physical, you know, Um, you know, thoughts coming into your head or um, being tempted by certain things. Um, Yeah, or just, yeah, I guess just temptation. I think that's the way that it's framed up the most. Okay. But I had never thought about how some people might encounter demons physically or have like physical events happen to them. I thought that that was just something that horror movies made up to scare people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which then I was like, why have I ever watched a horror movie in my whole life? And I now I'm going to go home and never sleep again. There's that. Yeah. But okay. So what's your what's your first question? We can dig into it. Yeah. Uh, let's just start simple. Are demons real? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, there, that was a joke. there will be different takes on that. Yeah, there will be different takes. Um, uh, for me, what I believe based off the scriptures is yes, absolutely. Uh, demons are real in the same way that I would say angels are real and that, uh, there is a spiritual realm to our reality, um, that more often than not goes completely unseen. In fact, you'll find some biblical scholars that will actually, that's how they will, um, kind of label it is the unseen realm. Um, and so, yeah, what the Bible describes is that there are spiritual beings still created God, God created, um, that are different than human beings. Um, and yeah, um, the narrative in scripture 
is that there was one being chief among those. Um, you'll find it listed in the Old Testament as Lucifer, um, who was an angel, but got kind of ensnared with his own beauty and wisdom and wanted to be God um, and rebelled against God and was thrown down. This is the language used in the Bible, and that is um, the, the character uh, that we would call Satan. Um hmm. Uh, which is kind of a term for deceiver. So you could even say the Satan for kind of the, the main bad guy. Uh, and then it, it, it describes along with that. Um, there's different passages and it is usually the um, prophetic text. So some of its inference, it's not super clear cut, but there is talking. There's one passage that talks about how a third of the stars were swept down from heaven in rebellion. And so a lot of people would say like, okay, out of the angelic beings, a third followed Satan and two thirds followed or stayed true to their created purpose, which was being the servants of God. And so through that, people kind of build out more of a, an understanding of, okay, there are spiritual beings that rebelled against God. Um, and that's what we would say are demons. So they are spiritual, but they're um, dark and not good, more on the evil side of the spectrum. So how do we experience those or do they interact with us? Yeah. So I always like to kind of go to the Bible for, you know, how, uh, how our understanding of the world operates. And so you, if you read through the gospels, it's quite frequent um, that Jesus encounters people that are uh, being afflicted or being controlled or having some, something going on with them. It says either they have an evil spirit or sometimes it, we translate the word demon. You, you'll find that story a lot in the Bible. Um, so I, one of the things I think is helpful is that there's kind of a, a spectrum for how that actually can look like. So there's like the extreme worst case scenario and then there's um, other more probably you could just say lighter interactions that aren't as like crazy sounding. Um, so if you want to go to extreme one end, uh, there's a story. It's in several of the gospels. Uh, you can find it in Mark five. Usually if, if people talk about it, they, they use the, the, the location. So it says Jesus came across the seat to a, um, an area called Gerasene. So that's geographic. So you might hear, hear this story called the Gerasene demoniac. And so it's where he encounters a guy that says, um, you know, he is inhabited by demons. You might have heard this story because Jesus cast out the demons. They go into pigs and they go into the sea. Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it says this guy has been so overcome by demons. He lives in caves. He can't fit into society. Uh, it says, you know, people have tried to chain him and he will break the chains. And then it come, uh, Jesus comes and encounters this guy and um, and, you know, it says Jesus asks the name of the demon and it says we are legion for we are many. I feel like this is kind of a story where you do get like kind of some horror movie vibes and people have taken off this story um, and kind of run with this idea. Um, and so it does say, you know, the demons beg Jesus, like, don't send us back into the pit. And so instead, Jesus sends the demons into a herd of pigs and the pigs run into the sea and drown themselves. So cra crazy story. Um, and so that's kind of one end of the spectrum for what we see in scripture for um, some type of demonic activity that's interacting with a human and encountering mm -hmm. Jesus. And it is it is crazy. You know, it says kind of the guy's uncontrollable, can't control his own actions. Uh 
doesn't wear clothes, you know, living in caves. People have kind of kicked him out of the city because of what's happening. And there's other stories uh, similar. Um, you know, there's a, another story in Mark where uh, a dad brings his son uh, to Jesus and says, hey, he's had a evil spirit in him since birth and it tries to mm -hmm. kill him. It'll try to make him throw himself into fire or water. And he says, can you do anything for me? And, uh, it's one of my favorite stories because uh, Jesus says, you know, anything is possible for those who have faith or for those who have belief. And then the dad says, I believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus heals his son. Um, so there's a lot of stories in the Gospels about Jesus mm -hmm. encountering uh, demons. So that's kind of one end of the spectrum of people having such a level of activity in their life that they're in some way controlled. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's another story that I, I think is helpful. And I would say... Um, is what I have seen played out personally more. So in Matthew 16, um, you get where Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? And so that's when Peter steps up. It's like, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, um, gets, gets the right answer. Um, and Jesus is like, yeah, blessed are you, Peter. God revealed this to you. And then a little bit later in Matthew 16, Jesus is telling his disciples like, hey, I'm going to go and get crucified. So that's the plan of God. Uh, for Jesus to sacrifice himself for humanity. And it says, Peter begins to rebuke him saying, no, Jesus, like this isn't going to happen. And then Jesus makes this statement. He says, get behind me, Satan. And he's like, you're trying to thwart the will of God right now. And it, you do have to bring some inference, you know, it's not explicit, but uh, what I would say you could, you could, you know, come around is this idea that Peter had a thought introduced to his head that he needed to tell Jesus not to sacrifice himself. And then when he expressed it, what Jesus says is that Satan. And so not a crazy scene, not uncontrollable flailing or breaking chains or living in caves. It's Peter expressed something contrary to the will of God. And Jesus is saying that's from Satan. And so I, I think, and there's, you know, there's lots of other passages we could start pulling in and, and we will. Um, but I think, you know, kind of like what you're saying, what you've been taught on spiritual warfare, um, I would say in some ways is more normative. I do think there are still extreme instances of, of people being either afflicted or you could say even controlled. Um, we could talk about the word possessed because I don't think that's a mm -hmm, good word. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, we could talk about those instances. But, you know, so the Bible describes kind of a wide range of how the unseen realm actually interacts in our lives and how um, both angels and demons or spiritual evil or spiritual darkness, however, whatever phrase you would prefer, uh, actually has an impact on our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. So what, what questions does that lead you to? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, why don't you like the word possession? Because I, I feel like that's another horror movie thing where yeah. when someone is, See, I was going to say possessed again. When someone has a demon in them or a demon is controlling their actions, we would just call that possessed. So why would you yeah. hesitate to say possess? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things. And so definitely I, I have been flu influenced by certain pastors and certain scholars and kind of how they would describe um, this spiritual reality. And so, so once again, I, I would say I don't like it because I would say it's kind of been hijacked by Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you know, when we hear that word possess, we probably conjure some certain images to mind. Conjure. Conjure. Yeah. The conjuring. <laughs> no, I do not watch horror movies. <laughs> barely, barely at all. Um, and so even, 
you know, like you do have this kind of extreme example of this guy that does kind of sound horror movie-ish. Says it can't be controlled. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but it's funny, even as I read it, I start bringing in kind of Hollywood imagery, like, you know, dark eyes, his voice changes way deeper. And I would say (laughs) uh, that's never a description you actually get in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so definitely... Sometimes, you know, I've heard those accounts um, where, you know, somebody was dealing with somebody that they thought was. Um, so typically I use the word demonized. Mm-hmm. And I would just say that, that there's a level of influence that's being exerted um, by spiritual evil in somebody's life. Um, and I've heard, you know, I've heard stories. I haven't encountered that personally, like of, of maybe somebody's voice got deeper or something changed. And it was obviously weird and obviously evil. Um, I, I like to look at the, the story of the temptation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in Matthew four, and it's a pretty familiar passage, it goes, Jesus, Jesus goes off to the wilderness. He fasts for 40 days and nights. And then it says, Satan comes to tempt him. And it doesn't really sound like a crazy horror movie encounter. Sometimes we read that in, but it's like, okay, Jesus is alone by himself uh, he's hungry, he's thirsty, he's weak. And it's like Satan comes to tempt him. And what happens? It's, it's almost like a conversation happens. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, first thing he's like, hey, you're hungry. Why don't you tell these stones to turn into bread so you're not hungry anymore? So it's like attacking God's provision. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, no, he quotes some Bible back to him. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And it's just this interaction that goes back and forth um, that really doesn't have horror movie vibes. It's Satan trying to convince Jesus to go against the will of God and Jesus combating that Mm -hmm. by quoting the word of God accurately and truthfully. And it's in like very seemingly practical ways also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't give this like crazy, um, crazy encounter, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say. So, oh yeah, your question was possession, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, You know, I've heard different people talk about that, but once again, I'd say I, I think it does bring to mind images we've probably seen from movies that aren't really helpful. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the Bible does describe that, you know, people could get to a level. Sometimes we, I've heard the word intrusion, you know, that something's acting on you that's not from you. And, and sometimes you can get to that point where, uh, you know, I think you've um, so either given yourself over to um, that level of influence that you are controlled. One analogy I heard that I really liked was kind of like alcohol. You know, take a a drink, have, you know, one beer, and, you know, more than likely some effect has taken place in your body, you know, either lowered inhibitions, um, but probably not a profound effect, but there's a level of influence. And so that's one way, you know, maybe we are just, you know, giving ourselves over to sin or allowing some level of, of spiritual influence in our lives. And that's difference than, you know, getting blacked mm-hmm. out drunk when you can't remember the next day. So there's a spectrum of influence mm-hmm. that could happen. And some people probably are at the point where, you know, demons are working on them and interacting in their lives so extremely that um, things could be taking place that you don't even remember. But mm. Yeah. So I, I've thought that's a helpful because one of the questions that inevitably gets asked is, can a Christian be possessed? Yeah. And so that's why I don't like the word possession, because definitely when you place your faith in Jesus, um, Jesus owns you. Right. You're his. But could you still be influenced by spiritual evil? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't think that word possession is as helpful, um, because like even right here with Peter, you know, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. 
I don't think that means Peter was possessed by Satan, right. but I do think there was a level of influence that was leading him to go against the will of God. Hmm. So is someone that gives themselves over to sin, is that a different kind of influence than someone who is being, um, you know, uh, not inhabited, I don't know, like influenced by uh, a demon or maybe something spiritual. Yeah. So like are those the same thing? Um, it, I'd say similar ideas. So uh, Ephesians has some really helpful things for us. So one is in Ephesians 5, it talks about uh, anger. Mm -hmm. It says, in your anger, do not yeah. sin. Um, don't let the sun go down on your uh, anger and don't give the devil a foothold or a stronghold. So the Bible in a couple of different passages talks about us having spiritual strongholds in our life. And it says that the word of God is, you know, good for defeating strongholds. And so, you know, one of the ways we allow spiritual evil or spiritual intrusion in our life is through sin, because we know sin is rebelling against God. And so, um, you know, Ephesians 2 talks about that too, that, you know, we were children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, um, that we were, you know, we could even pull it up. Um, talks about the prince of the powers of the air. Ephesians talks about principalities a lot, which I think this is all talking about this spiritual realm, that there is spiritual evil that's seeking to lead us away from God. Um, and so Ephesians 5 talks about that, like, don't let the, don't sin, don't give the devil a foothold. So it does give this image, like when we turn to sin, it begins that level of influence in our life. Um, and so I would say that is one way um, that, um, you know, that process or that level of influence is allowed. And so that's why also, um, you know, the Christian's life is supposed to be marked by repentance in some way that's still us, us turning away from the evil of this world and asking Jesus to control our life. We're turning back to God. And so there is this, you know, I, I think war going on mm -hmm. in some ways for our souls. And I, you know, if you're saved, you're saved. So this is an eternity. It's kind of the here and the now of what's going to control us, either our own flesh, our own sinfulness, Satan, um, or are we going to let Jesus be Lord of all of our lives? Um, and so Ephesians 5 talks about that. Ephesians 6, leading up to the passage, the, the armor of God, um, you know, it actually has a pretty interesting description. Um, so Ephesians 6, 10 uh, says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so that's what we're talking about. Mm. And so sometimes we skip that and just get into, you know, shield of faith, yeah, helmet yeah. of salvation. But it's saying that's what we're contending against is that there are forces at work around us that we probably do not see that are trying to um, enslave us to sin, uh, try to keep us trapped in darkness and to try to get us to turn against the will of God. Hmm. Okay, so how do I know if, I mean, my friends, how do my friends know if, like, okay, you said sometimes it's a thought coming into your head. How do I know if that thought is from me being sinful yeah. or if it's from a demon making me act up? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's the thing, because those two because things... Because then I can just blame all my bad behavior yeah, on demons. demons yeah. Like, oh, that wasn't me. That was my demon that likes to come in me sometimes. <laughs> nah, I don't want to go that far. And, and that, <laughs> I think that is the question, because there's both. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we do have broken flesh. The Bible describes both of those things. You know, sometimes it's just our flesh that we have inclinations that are ungodly. 
And sometimes mm -hmm. maybe we're being interacted upon um, by something that's trying to influence us. Um, and I would say probably they work in tandem. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, the Bible describes Satan that he's been deceiving the world from the beginning. And so, you know, he knows what trips humans up naturally. And so he probably is going to try to work on those areas. Um, and so the, the thing with all of this is that what Hebrews tells us is we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And so our goal isn't to discover, okay, ooh, <laughs> the demons are out today, you know, because that's, that's giving them attention in some way. And it's good to be, I would say, be aware, yeah. but like my eyes need to be fixed on my savior. Mm. So I'm, I'm not walking in fear. I'm not looking for a demon behind every bush. I do believe, um, in the spiritual realm that there's things happening around me. Um, but I honestly think, you know, if you get fixated right. on demons, um, in some ways it serves their purpose because your eyes are off Jesus. So we're not, we don't want to be ignorant and naive but also the focus of my life and heart needs to be on my savior. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I do ask myself that question and there's been times where like, okay, I don't think this thought was for me. I think this was something else. And in that moment, it gives me, um, you know, wisdom to pray in that regard, you know, right. and asking Jesus like, Hey, um, if I'm being tempted, um, whatever it might be, you know, I ask Jesus that you would remove that from me. And I do pray like that. Um, because, you know, it does say, you know, that we should take thought every captive that raises itself up against the knowledge of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think um, more often than not, this battle is is fought in our thought life. And I would also say that um, demons more than likely will speak in the first person. And so, you know, I, I would say that, you know, kind of like Peter, you know, he said something that he probably thought was from him. And then Jesus attributed it to Satan. And so I would say in my life, when I think spiritual warfare is happening, um, it feels like it's from me. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, it even calls Satan an accuser. So it's like, you know, I suck or I'm worthless or why would somebody forgive me? Or why does my wife love me? Or why, you know, whatever it might be, it feels like it's from myself. And then, um, and then ultimately that path is to turn me away from the things mm -hmm. of God and what he says and what he says about me. And so um, I would say not every time. I, I can think of a couple of specific instances where it felt so overt that it made me like question all of a sudden, like, okay, I don't think this is from me. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm sure there's lots of times that I have either been tempted or kind of influenced. And I just never was even aware of it, you know, and thought it was from myself mm -hmm. or thought I was just having a bad day. Um, and I think that kind of serves their purpose. You know, uh, I like that Ephesians 6, uh, Ephesians 6 says a scheme. It mm -hmm. is a scheme. You know, it's kind of sinister. It's behind the scenes. It doesn't want to be revealed. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it, I don't know, we're already so doubtful of ourselves already. Or some people just like question themselves a lot. Mm -hmm. So I feel like yeah, introducing into thoughts into that that human, aren't your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you would combat these things the same way, like uh, ha like having a sinful nature, but also like influence from demons. You kind of said, you know, those you can't always tell which is which, but you can kind of. Yeah. Focus on Jesus. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. I mean, approach and, them the same way. Yeah. And it, it does affect, I would say, my, my prayer life. You know, you know, it, it can be helpful to recognize both. And, you know, and pray in that regard and realize, yeah, I think being 
becoming a bit more aware that that's a reality does help you fight. Um, and just, you know, and just to know, like you have an enemy that hates you and wants to destroy you. And so even if you think those thoughts are from you that are just attacking your self-worth and stuff, it might not even be from you. It might be, it might be from your enemy that wants mm -hmm. to destroy your life is what, you know, that's what Jesus said in, in John 10, I believe, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I came that you might have life. And so, yeah, the inverse of that is, yeah, give our lives to Jesus. You know, he, um, he is a God of love. He is a God of freedom. Um, he is a God of peace which is the opposite of what spiritual evil wants to accomplish in your life. Hmm. Hmm, that's good. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there, there, there's a lot, there's a big topic in scripture and there's a lot of ways I would say this does interact in the world. And so, you know, kind of going back to at the beginning, what you said, you know, you had never heard or thought of somebody seeing something. Yeah. I was about to ask about, just like physical manifestations yeah. or like feeling their presence? Like, is that yeah. something you've ever um, So into? personally, I have not seen something that I would say, like, I would not say I've seen a demon. Mm -hmm. um, there are people I know whose opinions I trust who say they have seen things and, you know, I believe them. Um, I don't think that's outside of scripture. Um, I think there, there is this reality of um, cultural influences. Um, and so, you know, I would say most of the stories I've heard um, or kind of that manifestation that's on kind of a different level or even some of the, like the stories we read in scripture, um, a lot of times are in other cultures that are more um, maybe animistic than we are, um, that have more of a framework for evil spirits. Um, because I also think that personally, I think that would serve the purpose of what they're trying to accomplish is one enslavement and one is fear. And so, and there's also a reality um, of influence, I think where the people of God are. So there's some mm -hmm. cultures that um, maybe they're all one religion that we would say is a false religion. And so they're not praying to God and to Jesus, which to me, so I would say, and uh, I want to be gracious to my, my relationships and friendships that are other religions, but I would say that they're worshiping a false God and to me, that is something in the demonic realm. And so sometimes you have whole areas or whole places mm -hmm. that that is the focus of their worship in their lives. And so I would say that does give more influence, more power to demonic beings. And so in, you know, going back to Ephesians 6, it kind of lists it and it says rulers, authorities, cosmic powers. Um, so I would say, you know, and a lot of scholars would say that there's... Um, geographic spiritual strongholds mm -hmm. so there's presence and entities in areas that don't worship jesus as king um where it is a a stronger thing um and so uh just repeating what i said i, I have not seen something physically um i would there there has been moments where i've encountered people where um i did get a sense of evil and you know my my thought would be that there was something um, a stronger demonic presence in their life that I, I thought that something was present, even though I didn't see it, I could feel it. Um, that's not every day for me. Um, once again, I think for most of us, uh, our encounters are going to be more like what Jesus encountered. You know, we're going to mm -hmm. be having a moment of struggle and we're going to have thoughts introduced to us to turn us against the will of God. And we're going to have to contend against that with the scriptures. Hmm. That's what I think is what I would say is most normative. Yeah.
Yeah, when we talked about this the other week, I thought that the conversation would make me feel better, but it made me feel so much worse. Like, I went home and I was so scared. And the thing you're saying about you can, like, see an evil presence on people or sense it, it makes me think of those scenes where, like, someone's standing there, but in the mirror there's, like, a dark substance, like, lurking behind them. And then it made me regret every horror movie I've ever watched. And once again, I don't think those are helpful (laughs) frameworks. And for believers, you know, the the promise of the Bible is greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Mm. You know, um, Satan is a created being. He's limited in... Uh, time and space he's not omnipresent he i do not think he can read your thoughts you know i I, these are just common conversations i've had at times because we kind of get into Mm -hmm. scared mode and i think um that's from him you know you know it says jesus does not give a spirit of fear but of power and a sound mind and so one of the things we we don't want to be naive there is a spiritual reality there are there are demons um it's a defeated foe and so Mm -hmm. yes there's a level of interaction and you could say authority that um the god of all has allowed uh satan and demons to have in this world at this time why why (laughs) that's a that's another podcast on god's sovereign (laughs) purposes in the world um yeah we'll have to just talk right now about what is yeah Yeah, and that's a, that goes into a larger narrative of scripture a lot of the old testament i think describes you know kind of and why God chose Israel to make his people for himself to worship the one true God and why you get a lot of um, idol worship in the Old Testament. I think it's that's that unseen, that demonic realm. There is little G gods that people follow that, you know, I think are spiritual entities. Uh, but the, the point of this for believers is, um, yeah, it's not fear. Yeah, that's that's not the um, reaction we should take from it. I mean, I think it is, you know, uh, I think uh, what Peter says in First Peter, he says, be sober minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion. Mm-hmm, so we're mm-hmm. aware of this reality. But once again, the result should be to push us closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if I'm going to be controlled by something, I want it to be my loving Lord and Savior who rescued my life through the sacrifice of his own blood. Right. I don't want to be controlled by some <laughs> evil entity that wants to push me towards all manner of destructive things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this should push us toward Jesus. Uh, I don't advocate fear. Um, yeah. And, and once again, I don't think the horror movies have, have set us up for a good framework for how yeah. spiritual things work. Um, so no more horror movies? You know, they, they, um, I think different people just um, process things differently. I personally, I've like, being terrified is not an entertaining thing for me. Um, and even if I can rationalize like, Oh, this isn't how it works. I don't, I don't like horror movies. I don't like, once again, I don't like focusing on the occult. I don't like focusing on demons. Um, I personally like crime thrillers and I know some people don't even like <laughs> that. True. You know, I That's like true. a clever story, which is, you know, it is interesting cause it is talking about, you know, like evil in yeah. a way it's in a and those are real things that happen people are messed up they'll yeah. come murder you <laughs> yeah evil evil happens yeah and so that's a reality we have to live with in the world um so i yeah for myself just on like i mean it's supposed to be entertainment and yeah anything that's just kind of too too crazy it ceases to be entertainment for me and also yeah i mean what you allow into your mind and your head is yeah. going to have an impact on you so i would that's uh, what i'm worried about yeah i'd encourage people in that regard you know like what's the result of you watching a movie yeah i know some people who could watch things like that and they're like okay night yeah but i know a lot of people are kind of like keys you up and makes you think about things and yeah yeah 
I would be cautious about what we allow into our minds through, just through movies and stuff. Just because, yeah. And like anything else, like music, like anything we're kind of intaking on a variety of levels. You know, either it's, you know, the words we're hearing, if it's sexual in nature, if it's mm-hmm. demonic, you know, any of those things. Those things just have an effect on us and we should be, um, we should think through what content we allow into our lives. Mm. So no Halloween this year. Halloween's canceled. <laughs> we didn't even get to Halloween. I know we're we're over time, but yeah, ha- no Halloween. We're not doing Halloween this year. It's canceled. Uh, who's we and every, all of the listeners on the podcast? Yeah, we're all boycotting Halloween this year. If you celebrate Halloween this year, well, it has the holiday has roots outside of Christianity, and so there are. If you get into like how Halloween got started, it is demonic but um (laughs) but i also believe in things being redemptive and so i think by and large culturally we don't celebrate demonic things on halloween (laughs) costumes are most of us costumes are fun and kids get candy so i think things can be redemptive and so i'm i'm okay with the idea of halloween but i mean there's a reason a lot of the costumes are supposed to be scary that that has roots in history and certain um non-christian beliefs and practices yikes well, this was a good one. I'm feeling very encouraged right now. I hope so, Taylor. Yeah. It is a big topic in scripture. You know, yeah. it is It is all over. There are several references I looked up that I didn't uh, pull into it. But, you know, it's, it's Old Testament, it's New Testament. There, it paints this. And that's why I said it's kind of this larger narrative of scripture is that there is this unseen realm. Um, there are other beings that are created that aren't human. So mm. angelic, demonic, however you want, spirit uh, type of beings that make a lot of encounters Um in the Bible, both, both on the good side and the bad side. So angels are the messengers of God. And there's a lot of descriptions of how angels, uh, interact in our world. And that usually gives us the warm fuzzies. And then there's also, you know, messengers of, of evil that try to lead us away from God. Yeah. Mm. I was going to say something, but I forgot. Okay. It's probably really good. It probably will. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I hope that other people are interested in this because when I heard it at the other church, I was like, <gasps> like, oh, my gosh, I have so many questions. And I was like, other people have got to be thinking about this, too, because nobody talks about it. Yeah. And I, I like say, sat my yeah. friends down and I for a whole hour, I, I gave them a whole like hour long speech about everything that I learned and everything I thought about it. And I was like, OK, y'all's turn. And they just I don't know. I just yeah. was so excited to have something interesting to talk about, you know. Yeah, and I would, you know, I would say more often in in my years of a, of a pastor, this conversation has happened one on one. You know, somebody asked me like, "Hey, this story in the Bible, like, is that literal? Is that figurative? Does that still happen?" Mm-hmm. And then we kind of get into this larger conversation. But it should show us, you know, like that a lot of times we read things in the Bible and just kind of keep going. Yes. Yeah, I mean, because it's all over the well, gospel. The story you were talking about in Mark, I, the whole time I was thinking, like, I've read through the Gospel of Mark multiple times. How did I just glaze over that entire thing? Yeah. Well, because then it, the story happens. Jesus casts out the demons. Pigs run to the sea, and then it's like. And Jesus moved on to it. Yes, yeah. literally. So but I'm gotta, like, how did I miss that entire thing? But we should read the Bible, you know, with with that lens. Of, okay, like, okay, what's it saying? What's it describing? What's the world we live in? Because yeah. it is it is all over the Bible that there is a spiritual reality around us. Yeah. All right. This was a good one. Don't be scared, anybody Yeah. who's scared like I was. And I went home and I took my test and I was scared. Don't do that. Hey, Jesus is greater. Facts. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. 
If you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. If you're interested in learning more about our church, visit psbible.com. Bye!